Do you need a jump start? That's what we're going to be talking about over this month. What are the areas in your life in which you need a jump start? And today we're going to be talking about relationships. Before we venture into the specifics of what God has to teach us through relationships, let me see a, um, uh, a show of hands for all those who have seen or know of Family Feud. Yes, okay, right. Almost everybody knows about Family Feud, right? Now, if you, if you uh, uh, maybe ha- didn't watch the original, which was Richard Dawson back in the 70s, or you know, some of the other hosts that have been over the years, or maybe the current iteration of it with Steve Harvey, um, we kind of generally know the gist of Family Feud, right? You got a couple of families that are asked questions and are really given a very short amount of time to give answers, right? And there's a specific moment in the show towards the end, it's called Fast Money, And you have um, a couple of individuals who are given a series of four to five questions, and they have 15 to 20 seconds to answer each of these questions, right? And under such pressure, you could imagine that there are some funny answers that are given, right? Such as this. Now, that's, a, that's, of course, humorous to watch, and, and we can laugh at that, which we do, but you know, one of the things that we maybe fail to recognize in those moments is that we treat our relationships often like we're playing Fast Money and Family Feud, in that we're often very quick to speak, we're slow to listen, and that oftentimes then creates issues in our relationships, not only with each other, but, but then with, with God. So how can we change that? You see, I, I've talked a lot about this with other people, but I, one of the things I say is that people are like elevators. They either take you up or they take you down. And so my question to you is, are you in your relationships with other people, whether it's your spouse or your kids or your friends, your your neighbors, your coworkers, or people here in this church, are you bringing people up or are you bringing them down? How is it that you are honoring God, that you are giving him glory in your relationships with one another? And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a passage here in the New Testament, specifically James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. Now, there, there are Bibles in front of you if you didn't bring your Bible, or of course it's going to be on the screen as well as in your Bible app, however it is you want to um, invest in that. Uh, but not only are we going to read these verses in their entirety, but then we're going to break them down, all right? We're going to look even more deeply into what James is telling us here in this passage, So as we break this down piece by piece, we have to look at the beginning, right? That makes sense? Look at the beginning. And the first thing that James says here is, my dear brothers and sisters, he says, take note of this. Let's read the rest of these verses. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you, which can save you. So as I mentioned, no, so not only did we just read that in its entirety, but now we're going to break it down piece by piece and really dive in into what God is trying to teach us here through this passage. Now, the first thing we see is take note of this. Take note of this. 
That might be something your teachers say or said in class, right? And when you hear that, you immediately think, well, this must be important, right? So here James is saying that this is not something you should ignore. Rather, he's saying put it in your cap, put it in your wallet, uh, on your fridge, in your phone. You know, put it in your Bible. Write it on a post-it note and put it on the mirror in your bathroom. And why? Why is James really underlining this for us because it's way too easy to forget it's way too easy to forget as a matter of fact according to an article in learning solutions entitled brain science it says research shows that within one hour Within one hour of getting information, people forget an average of 50% of that information. Furthermore, research shows that within 24 hours, people forget an average of 70% of new information. And then within a week, people forget an average of 90% of that information. So this means, essentially, that if you receive some information in the morning, chances are you're going to forget it by the afternoon. And then if you remember it or a semblance of it by the afternoon, you're going to forget even more by the evening. And then whatever it is that you're able to retain by the evening, surely you're going to be waking up in the morning and you're not going to have any idea what just happened, right? We forget way too easily. That's why James is saying, take note of this. Make sure that you're giving yourself every opportunity to remember what it is that I'm about to tell you. That the Word of God is about to share with you. Now, we think of our lives, you know, in a spiritual sense, especially when we're sitting here in a church. You know, it's very easy to think of us in that way, but we often forget that our spiritual lives come out in very practical ways. So for instance, a great way for you to get invested and involved in daily remembrance of what God is is speaking to you and what he's showing you in his word is to invite people to hold you accountable. To actually inquire and ask them to ask you the simple question of what is God teaching you today? Or what did, you, what did you learn in God's Word today? Or, or what are you praying about today? You know, inviting people into that is an important practical way in which we can take note of this. Another thing, practical thing we can do is we can send daily reminders on our phone. It's super easy. And I've had seasons where I've done this where I've set my alarm to go off at the same time each day, and either that's prompting me to recite a, a passage in Scripture that I'm wanting to really ingrain into my life or to pray over a specific thing or person, and that alarm goes off, and no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, I take a few moments and I pray. Another practical thing that I've done in different seasons of my life is the first thing that I would do when I get out of bed is to allow my knees to hit the floor. So before I even get out of bed and go to the bathroom or get breakfast, I would get on my knees and pray or remember God's Word. So these are practical, important things that we can do to take note of this. 
because it's so easy to forget. So then the next thing that, that, that James does, and, and I tell you, we do this all the time. We don't want to admit it, but it's true. We, we read a section of Scripture, and we think to ourselves, <laughs> I know exactly who that applies to, and it ain't me. But James gets that right out of the way. He says, everyone, and everyone here means everyone, meaning that this is a passage where it applies to every single person in this room. Everyone is everyone. It's a truth for all of us to assimilate in our lives. So now let's get into the meat of it. What is it that James is going to tell us? What is it that he wants us to take note of? What is it that applies to every single person here? Well, the first aspect that he lays out is this. Be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. Now, this is really important for James to lay this out because it is so sinfully instinctual to us to speak first. I mean, that's that's almost ingrained in us. And so because of that tendency, we instead need to counter that with intentionality. So to overcome our sinful, instinctual need or desire to speak first, we need to instead, intentionally, that means get out ahead of our instinct and instead be quick to listen. Instead be quick to listen. So that means when someone engages you in criticism or confrontation, you need to decide to instead quickly listen intentionally because if you don't what's instinctual will come out and before you know it you're going to be telling everybody you bring ducks to the bathroom you know so not only James saying we need to be quick to listen but then he also says we need to be slow to speak now those are different things Slow to speak is not simply waiting for your turn to talk. It's not waiting until the other person takes a breath or a pause and then you're able finally to get your two cents in. It's instead active listening. And active listening is at once hearing and understanding. And when we do that, we are truly honoring other people. And when we honor other people, we glorify God. Active listening is hearing what the other person is saying and then seeking to understand why they're saying it. Every single thing that you say is autobiographical. So how is it that you can seek to understand other people by what it is that they're speaking to you? And then when you do speak... Ask questions. Make sure that you completely understand where the other person is coming from so that you are fully aware and prepared and so that the other person is honored. Just as I mentioned, we honor and we glorify God by honoring others. And we do so by being slow to speak. So James says we need to be quick to listen. 
We need to get ahead of our instinctual sinful desire to speak first, right? And then we need to be slow to speak. We need to be active listeners. We need to not only listen, not only hear, but then seek to understand. And thus we honor one another and we honor God. But then he goes another step further and he says, we then need to be slow to become angry. Now this is a really interesting part of this passage because James is not saying here that anger is sin. We all, all, off too, all too often associate anger with, with, with sinfulness, but that's because we aren't, we aren't living out God's anger. Rather, we're living out our human anger. And James even mentions that. Uh, he says, he says, human anger is not the goal. Godly anger is. So it's just like cooking pancakes, right? I love making pancakes. It's like, it's like my jam in the Siddler household, right? And, and I take great pride in how I cook my pancakes. Now, when you do that, right, not only does the batter have to be at the right consistency, but then you need to cook it at the correct temperature so that not only the outside is cooked well, right, but the inside is cooked well. Because if you cook it too hot and too fast, all you do is you burn the outside and you ruin it, and the inside isn't dealt with. It isn't cooked. And so when we approach one another in human anger, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're damaging people on the outside with our words, with our insults, with our carelessness. And then what's really the issue, what's really on the inside isn't dealt with. So instead, instead God says, I want you to live out anger in godly ways. And we see that in Micah 6.8. In Micah 6.8 says we need to live justly, we need to love mercy, and we need to walk humbly with God. By seeking justice, by at the same time loving mercy, and then understanding the humbleness that we need in that we desperately all need a Savior. When we do that, we then exhibit godly anger that is intentional, that is slow, that is full of mercy and humbleness. And when we do that, we don't damage people on the outside. And what's really on the inside, the root issues, they actually then get dealt with. And we're able once again to honor each other as we glorify God. So then, after James lays out, we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, and he talks about how man's anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires, then we see probably the most important word in all these verses, right? Therefore, conjunctions in the Bible are huge because the therefore then points to the reason for all that was stated before. So what does that that mean? He says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth. Get rid of it. That means if you desire to be quick to listen, if you desire to be slow to speak and slow to become angry, to exhibit godly anger instead of human anger, then you got to get rid of all those things in your life that would 
Eliminate your ability to do that. If you desire a right relationship with others and with God, then you've got to get rid of those things in your life that would encourage you to do otherwise. Our family has, has three dogs. I have no idea why. <laughs> but we do. I'm actually putting um, at least one of them up for adoption. If anybody's interested, just let me know, all right? I haven't told my wife and kids that, but nonetheless... <laughs> They're back there. I'm just kidding. I love my, well, I love two of them. I, but nonetheless, nonetheless, <laughs> if you have a dog, you know that one of the most frustrating things about having a dog is when you let them out, especially this time of the year, especially when it gets a little warmer and things start melting, those paws become a little muddy a little dirty. And then you top that off with the fact that we have a white floor. It's so frustrating. And so we're constantly making sure that when they come back in the house, we got we to gotta wipe off those paws so that we don't get those muddy footprints on the floor. You see, that's what James talk, is talking about here. He's talking about the importance of us wiping off those muddy paw prints that we have in our lives. Because that's what we do a lot of times. We carelessly go into our relationships with others and with God, and we get those muddy paw prints all over everything. And then we wonder, we step back, we wonder, why is it? Why is it that my relationship with my wife or my relationship with my husband isn't panning out the way that I want it to or I was hoping it would? Or why is it that my kids won't listen to me? Or why is it that my parents just... They don't understand me, and they kept expe keep expecting the moon. Why is it that my brother and I can't get along no matter how hard we try? Well, James is pointing to it here. He's saying we need to get rid of all moral filth. So the things in our lives that cause our paws to be muddy, we need to get rid of that. Or else we're going to trace that stuff into our relationships. So how do you get rid of the moral filth? Well, we then humbly accept the word. James says that. He says, humbly accept the word. What is James saying when he says that? He's saying this. There is a God and you're not him. You do not have all the answers. He does. So where are you going for your answers? Are you going to your own reason or your own gut? Or are you going to God's Word? We need to treat God in times of criticism and confrontation as the first resource, not the last resort. And it is only then when we are slow to speak, when we are quick to listen and slow to become angry, that we can actually hear what God is saying. And then we can be mindful of what God is telling us in those moments. And then this is, what, this is how James kind of lands this. He says, so humbly accept the word of God. That is planted in you. That is planted in you. You see, once you decide daily to be intentional in your pursuit of right relationships with others and with God, those relationships will begin growing. They'll begin growing. 
It's not going to happen overnight. But it will happen. And so we need to live out James 1, 19 through 21. We need to do that today. We need to commit to being slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to become angry, to, to embrace the, the anger that, that, that God has for us. Not the human anger, because that's not what God desires for us. We need to humbly accept the word of God that is planted in us so that our relationships can grow, so that we can honor one another and thus glorify God. We need to do that today. And then we need to commit to do that tomorrow. And then on Tuesday, we need to do it again. And on Wednesday, we need to do it again. I do premarital counseling and I, one of the favorite things that I love doing with couples, but one of the things that I say right off the bat is I say, I'm going to prepare you not for the wedding day. I'm going to prepare you for every single day that comes after that. Because the only way that this marriage is going to work is if every day, every day, you recommit yourself to your spouse. It's not just that one day. Every day. Because we forget because we get so caught up in our lives. We're, we are to preach the gospel to ourselves. We are to remind ourselves of the goodness of God through Jesus Christ and how it is that we are free and saved because of his sacrifice. Now that doesn't mean that we lose our salvation, that when once we're saved, we're no longer, if we do X, Y, Z, that's not what I'm saying. Instead, what I'm saying is that we forget to be thankful. We forget to shine like stars in the universe as we hold out the word of life. And so we have to commit today and the next day and the next day and the next day to live our lives for the Lord for the sake of Christ and the cross. Because we'll forget if we don't otherwise. And it'll soon just all be about us. And that's not why Jesus gave his life for us. He didn't give his life for us so that we could have one day or so that we could one day a week take an hour or two, and think about him. He gave his life for us so that we could live free and thus be a shining light to others who desperately need to know their Savior. So right now, I want to invite the servers forward, and we're going to do just that. We're going to remember intentionally remember and give thanks for what Christ did for us on the cross. And as we do, I want to just let you know that you don't have to be a member or even a regular attender here at North Haven to partake in communion with us. We just, this is a, this is a time that we have for all believers. So if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've decided to find and to follow him, then the Bible says you are a child of the almighty God. And so we invite you to partake in this with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness, for your love and your mercy. Thank you for the gift of your sacrifice, Jesus. 
And I pray, Father, that in this moment, we would intentionally step forward and to say not only thank you, but then, God, I want to give you the best of what you've given me today. I commit myself to you today. And that tomorrow we would do the same. And the day after that, and the day after that, that we would constantly and intentionally pursue you. We pray this in your name. Amen.